Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. One uh, ogre let his uh, human slaves work from home on the mines, and it really messed it up for all the other <laughs> ogres. <laughs> You're like digging straight to the floor. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the internet's number one fake history podcast, The Lore Boys, where we believe fake history is the best history. I'm your host, Ethan Palmer, here to talk to you today about Dragonlance lore and diving into the creation of the world of Kryn. With me, as always, is my two co-hosts, James and Peter. Hello. It's Rumble in the Grundle time, and I'm here, James, and we're going to learn about dragons, right? Uh, oh, it's rumble in the grumble time, and I'm all out of grundle. Uh, <laughs> so we were talking about dirty slang that we didn't like off air. I love grundle versus gooch or taint. I think taint uh, is gross. Gooch is a little basic. Grundle is is my jam for the for that part of the body. Undercarriage. That's a good one, actually. <laughs> my, my betwixt bits. Yeah. Um, I I am with you in that. Grundle's my favorite. I think. Taint and Gooch are both basic. I don't find either gross. I just think they're both like pretty basic. No? Grundle, okay. Grundle's fun. Grundle's fun. Text your the answers fun. now, listener. The fun <laughs> in Grundle stands for fun. <laughs> Ryan Seacrest just standing there with like underneath him on the screen. Grundle, Taint, Gooch. Yeah. <laughs> 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 that's true that that is it is american idol ryan seacrest host of american idol yeah, yeah. well that's he said text in your answers so that's i think yeah. that's the only thing that used to right i used to love american idol yeah i used to watch it yeah there was like kelly clarkson song that was like number one on pop radio for 18 weeks straight or whatever before uh, he cheats uh no it's uh before that even it's uh yeah this we just finished that. This is bonus content. Why are we giving? Why are we giving non-patron listeners the the behind the scenes of what a bonus episode looks like? Yeah, just us <laughs> googling <laughs> stupid bullshit. We're oh, sorry. Yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> Jamie, hit, hit, just interrupt whenever you figure out what song, what Kelly Clarkson song you're thinking of. Oh man, it's driving me crazy. Don't, man. don't I don't interrupt before then. Interrupt whenever you you find it. Okay. Uh, so the request for this episode, Dragonlance lore, not Kelly Clarkson lore, comes from Moonring21 uh, originally with a lot of support from patron David Last Name Withheld. So shout it out would. to you two guys for uh, requesting it. And uh, we have a lot of new patrons this week, primarily because uh, it's been like two weeks since we last recorded. Um, yep. Pete, you want to pull up the list and rattle some of those off? Yeah. So uh, big, big thank yous to Joey Matthews. Ty Ferguson, um, Blorfy, Blorful McChorf, which is fantastic. Thank you. Uh, oh my God. I'm sorry in advance for this. Mattia Bedrock, but the C has a little accent on it and we're paid in euros. So thank you very cool. much. I guess that's Polish, maybe Hungarian or something. Ben Corbin, 
Christopher Robbins out in the Hundred Acre Woods spending some of his Hundred Acre Bucks <laughs> on our show, and uh, who actually subbed like moments before we started recording a bonus episode, uh, Jaden Holmes. So thank you all yeah. for your uh, support. Even though we did take a little break in recording there, the extra bonus content is double the length this week. And uh, you might have sang this to us um, while we were away. But since you've been gone, <laughs> gone. oh, of course, I can't, I can't breathe for, for the first time. time. I'm still moving on. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think because that song was on so you. much, yeah, it has been played to such an extent that I never ever would have thought about it. It was like in, for a couple months, it was the the top song. Yeah. Anyways, that's Kelly good. Uh, and thank you, Pete, for yes, I saw the name. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'll take a run at it too. I saw the name come in and I said to myself, I'm not going to know how to pronounce that on air. Uh, but I think it's Mattia, right? I work with I people in I don't Polish. Know. Can you copy paste it? What's yeah, so like? that it's Mattia, M A T I J A. Um, and Bedrak. But the, so the C, it's B E D R A C. But the C has like a, a chapeau accent, but it's upside down. It's like a, a V on top of the C. I don't know what, yeah. I don't know what sound that makes. Anyway, mm. thanks to all the patrons. Uh, so we're talking about Dragonlance today. I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a crazy limb here and assume you guys, Jamie and Peter, don't know what Dragonlance is. Not a. I mean, it's a D and D setting. Um, yeah, I've already said that this episode. So that sounds that sounds like <laughs> the most basic fantasy setting. I think this yeah. is like your bread and butter sword and board. Merlin and King Arthur and. Uh, uh, it might be a little bit like Pathfinder because you wrote Pathfinder as a mistake when you were trying to write Dragonlance. Earlier. No, so oh. a character... I, I I took out a lot of character names for this episode when we talk about the All Dragons War, but a lot of one of the elf characters is named Pathfinder. It's like Korragast Cor- Pathfinder or something like that. So I oh, tried, he's a friendly robot, of course. I don't mention him at all, <laughs> but I just had, I had Pathfinder on, on my mind. Um, oh, that's cool. Well, and coming off of our Game of Thrones, where we talked about Dance of Dragons a little bit, now we're going to talk mm-hmm. about another dragon war in the DVD yeah. universe. So, like, I I would say this is not the most basic, like King Arthur esque setting, but it's also not. It's far from the least <laughs> most basic uh, yeah. King Arthur esque setting. The big, like, literally the genesis. And I, I didn't go into the. I did read up on the real world history of like the creation of the Dragonlance setting. So, like. It, it is a setting first introduced in 1984 for the first edition of Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. So like this, okay. this, this is basically cool. as old as Dungeons and Dragons itself. There's a ton of books written, like fantasy novels written in this setting, essentially. Uh, and what I, uh, one excerpt that I got or one quote that I got from the authors of the setting was basically just like, what if... Dungeons and Dragons, but more dragons. Okay. <laughs> so, I guess, ba- basic in that sense, in that they just decided to make like dragons more of a theme. And like in the um, one of the main sources for this episode, the uh, Dragonlance campaign setting, not the Pathfinder campaign setting, the Dragonlance campaign campaign setting. Um, it straight up says like when you get to the section on dragons, it straight up says like it's very unlikely that you're party would adventure for any amount of time and not encounter a dragon okay so like the whole the I whole like, idea is that dragons like are, the, are everywhere. the more dragons less dungeons like you enter a room there's a an opening to the back there there seems to be a small thing hanging from the ceiling that looks almost flesh-like 
Oh wait, this isn't a dungeon. This is a dragon's mouth. I want to out you... myself here as I was Googling the, uh, I wanted to just like quickly Google it. And instead of writing dragon lance into Wikipedia, I wrote Kelly Clarkson. I was like, oh, fuck this up already. <laughs> oh, we're all off the rails, huh? Yeah. Uh, it was that's the thing with an hour long bonus content where we're drinking you yeah. end up with a sloppier episode um sometimes people you, like they like it sprinkled in uh, like every you, season you get the clip you, show you enter a room you walk you walk into a room it is bereft of all decoration it's a small modest house in the middle of the countryside in the center of the room in the middle of the floor there's a trap door you go to it you open it up but it doesn't lead anywhere there's just a mirror reflected in that mirror you see a dragon clinging to the ceiling above your head let's <laughs> roll for initiative <laughs> oh yeah hell yeah um, where's my yeah. dice so so this is a an alternate campaign setting to the traditional Faerun setting which we've talked about before on on several episodes cool uh it's got a completely unique history uh it's essentially just like you know, another universe, another whatever. We've kind of talked about we've talked about Spelljammer before, which had it has its kind of like own universe, but yeah. like it does seem like the universe is like very big in these fantasy settings as well. So sometimes settings are just like different worlds. So in the Spelljammer setting, you can travel to the uh, Greyhawk world, you can travel to the Dragonlance world, or you can travel to the the Sword Coast, the Faerun traditional world uh as like different places in the single universe but also like magic works differently and stuff so kind of who knows spell so, is always the one that pops into my head when you were like this is very standard fantasy opposed to the uh, like maybe the non-standard fantasy because like spell jammers all look like squids that they fly through space which is like yeah. some kind of like multicolored fluid or whatever right so yeah spell jammers space uh it's like the uh you can tr- travel like faster than like light travel is enabled by if you're able to travel into the plane of fire because stars are essentially just like gateways to the plane of fire cool. so you can like travel in like you go into one star and you pop out out of another star which is like you're faster than light travel to like That's interstellar cool. travel uh, spelljammer is very cool was cooler they last last year maybe two years ago they released a an updated module for it which i i think watered watered it down they there's a bit of criticism on some uh, published content from Watsi these days that like they're kind of watering things down or making it like more saccharine or sweet and just like less threatening, which my counterpoint is always like, you're playing D&D like at your table, like make it whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> like, <and> these, <laughs> yeah. are, these are just reference books. I don't know. Um, I saw a cool setup for a D20. Uh, it was basically uh, one of those old bingo machines where you have all the balls in the, the rolling cage. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. And it just has one, one through 20. 20. And you just oh. every time does that. Yeah. A bunch of elderly ladies with their stamps on their character sheets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is fantastic. Uh, okay. So we're going to talk today about um, two ages, the age of starbirth and the age of dreams, which are the, the two like beginning ages to the, uh, the Dragonlance world, essentially. So. Cool. The, the Age of Starbirth, uh, our, our first age, is our story really is going to start with a nebulous god known only as the High God. So take, nice. take, take a hit at home, I guess. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> dab, dab. Yeah, dude, I, I hang out with the High God and we, we get some Starburst and we just hang out <laughs> in, his, in the back of his car yeah, and we just yeah. tell stories, man. Berry, talk about berry, berries and cream, berries and cream. <laughs> I'm a little boy who likes berries and cream. Um... <laughs> That's an old commercial that I forgot, but Ethan showed. Is, oh, is, okay. is that Starburst? It might be Skittles. Uh, it's Starburst. <laughs> I think it's Starburst, but it might be Skittles. Uh, so yeah, we're in the age of Starbirth, uh, 
not the age okay. of starburst. Uh, okay. and, it, and it's in this age when the high god, representing the forces of law, order, and creation, steps into this unformed realm, unformed universe, unformed galaxy, solar system, whatever we want to call it, from somewhere known only as beyond. No okay. bad, no bath, just beyond. Uh, <laughs> we do, steps, it, it was Starburst, by the way, to interrupt there. It, it was, was since Starburst, you big on Starburst. And also the autofill on Google is Berries and Cream Lad, which yeah. I guess is the canonical <laughs> name for that. If character. anyone doesn't know what we're, what song I just was singing and thought maybe Ethan was having an embolism, uh, look up Berries and Cream Lad and you'll you'll That's, see the commercial that I'm referencing. He's a nightmare. Used to be, they used to be weird, man. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, was, that was peak weird commercial era like the early 2000s like yeah it's kind of coming back commercials with like the baby doll and all like the black fluid filling the white room sort of like the tool music video era of trying to play skittles yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. it's kind of coming back for mobile games these days they'll be like what you cheated on me and it's like yeah my new boyfriend has three thousand power and he's like yeah so we're kind of slipping back but yeah uh time is a flat circle (laughs) <laughs> uh okay so we have the high god steps from somewhere else and creates the quote-unquote universe i i think canonically what makes the most sense is for us to say he he steps from another place in the universe the Spelljammer universe where you can travel to these different solar systems so he comes from another solar system finds like an unformed area somehow is able to create a solar system whoever this high god is and we're we're not going to learn much about the high god like he's okay. he's a very nebulous figure in Dragonlance. like he does not give so in D, if you're like a cleric or a paladin your divine power comes from a god and yeah. for like rules as written especially early editions of dungeons and dragons like if you're a paladin you have to be lawful good if you're not yes. lawful good then you're going to piss off the only gods that give paladins power and you're going to lose your ability to cast spells because if your god doesn't doesn't like what you're doing, they're not going to let you cast spells. Um, the high god does not let any like does not give anybody those kind of powers. Nobody has that kind of connection to the high god. Uh, it's very much like a a figure. It's it's kind of like the father of the gods in a lot of ways, uh, and he is out of the picture. I guess you could say. Okay, <laughs> so makes sense for father figures. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the high god was not alone in this place. So from the very void, which was used to create the universe, there came another chaos. This is this is yeah. Pete Pete rolls his eyes and almost says, "Of course," because this is a trope at this point. I think. Yeah, Uh, my eyeballs almost fell out of my skull there. I didn't mean I didn't mean to react (laughs) like that. It's just it's just just a reflex. I'm trying. It's a bad habit. I'm sorry. Exactly. (laughs) While while the high god represents order, chaos represents chaos. Chaos. Of course. Chaos it's like berries only... and cream. The they 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 can't be mixed, <laughs> yeah, right? The bear the berries versus the cream. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah, berry, first... berries is chaos. It's like you have this yes. like, random bush with sprouts and produces these berries, which are like tasty out of nothing. And then cream is just homogenizing everything, right? That's what I thought too. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like cream, <laughs> cream like... would in a world of cream, it would be perfectly white, nothing would be moving. <laughs> yeah. Everything yeah. would just be perfectly still. But then the berries fell slow motion like from splashes the, of uh, color on like red on green or black on green or blue on green. It's 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 ridiculous. Yeah. 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 Cream cream the great homogenizer. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, that's why when your bottle says homo milk, it's just yeah. because it's trying to, yeah. trying to reduce all life down to one singular. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, the, the the universe is perfect at three point two five percent. So, uh, yeah, they say that like ninety nine percent of the universe is uh, actually 
dark matter, but it's actually, yeah, 98% because 2% milk is the rest. Right. Uh, right. We, yeah, I mean, yeah. we talked about this, I think, on the bonus content about how, like, I, it's the, been like an the hour root and of half, the word, of <laughs> the root of the word galaxy is milk, milk or something. So yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, subscribe to our Patreon if you want to hear that whole tangent. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, so we've got chaos and we've got the high god. The high god representing order. Chaos is seeking only a cycle of destruction to return all things to the void. They seem to be not upset with the creation of like new life or new things, but eventually wants operates, all basically. things to return to the void. Um, so the high god steps in and creates a dang universe. To quote Douglas Adams, in the beginning, the universe was created. This had made many people very angry and has been widely regarded as a bad move. (laughs) (laughs) Having created the universe... We should do Hitchhiker's Guide at some point, because we've talked about it a lot recently for some reason. It's been on my mind. I've read all five books. I mean, they're fantastic. That that kind of humor just, like, clicks with me. Yeah. Um, Having created the universe, the High God reaches back to the beyond, wherever he came from, uh, finds three others who had put in a transfer order to his fancy new franchise universe. Um, they are Paladin, Gillian, and Tachesis. Okay. They come with their own retinues, so they come with their own like entourages. So these three say, like, hey, we want to come to your your new universe. We also have these other gods who are with us who want to come to your new universe. We brought uh, our own baskets for your berries, basically. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they 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 essentially established three distinct pantheons. Uh, Paladin and his companions became the gods of light. Tachesis and her companions become the gods of darkness. Gillian and his companions become the gods of balance between the two. Mm. Okay. So, in that other universe you were talking about where you can travel through stars to like the fire world. A Spelljammer yep. one. Spelljammer. A Spelljammer. Um, for the darkness, like the queen of darkness or whatever, would a black hole work the same way where you could go to the darkness plane? I don't know how black holes work in Spelljammer. I assume there is a canonical answer to that question, but I, I don't know it. It's not, yeah. not a Spelljammer episode, but we did do a Spelljammer episode. Maybe I've answered that question before. <laughs> yeah. just, just given your penchant, Jamie, for asking the same question on two different episodes. Uh, I mean, it's been like asked that four before. years at this point. You're going to Google it. The first result is going to be our episode. You're like, I did tell myself this in the past, actually. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so of Gillian's cohort, uh, he's the god of balance, neutrality, uh, you know, grayness, I guess. Uh, of Gillian's cohort, there's Rayorks, uh, at who, at a direct order from the High God, shapes the world of Kryn and its first inhabitants. Its okay. first inhabitants are dragons. One guess, dragons. Yeah, chromatic dragons specifically. So oh, we've talked. Well, those cool. are the powerful ones. Uh, so they're chromatic and metallic are equally powerful. Chromatic but, are good, metallic are bad, or the other way? Other way around, yeah. So other chromatic way, okay. chromatic are evil in traditional Dungeons & Dragons, and metallic dragons are good in traditional Dungeons & Dragons. When okay. Rearch creates them, he just creates them. He's a god of neutrality, serving Gillian, the, the high god of neutrality. He is he creates them as pretty neutral. They're they're supposed to interface with uh, both Paladin, the god of the god of good, and Tachesis, the god of, of evil. Um, that cool. said you know we're talking about dragonlance i was saying they wanted to introduce more dragons dragons are literally like created in the same breath as the world that the the game takes place in right, right. um so he creates he creates the dragons under the guidance of paladin and Tachesis. uh and once he's done creating the world the other gods uh excluding chaos make it habitable so all the gods kind of like um uh tolkien and the creation of middle earth where all the gods kind of play a part and they all just kind of like get to run around and frolic and like create different things and, and kind of go crazy. Um, the same thing happens here. 
that D and D movie is out in twenty days. I realized the one that I worked yeah. on like a year and a half ago. So <laughs> yeah, Mar- March last year. Forgot. I feel like we're working on it. Yeah. <laughs> completely yeah. fucking forgot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if you know this offhand, but like in the D and D Dragonlance universe, how intelligent is a dragon versus like uh, a regular old person? Are they monsters uh, or yeah? Are they like so? Sentient? Usually, there's a yeah. In in regular D anD D, they're supremely intelligent. Like, and okay. it's not necessarily that they're inherently more intelligent than people, but it's more that they live for tens of thousands of years. So, like, if you meet an ancient dragon, they've been alive for ten thousand years. They they know a lot of shit, you know. Yeah. Um, it, it, they're not so they're not very different, especially like mechanics wise or like theming wise in Dragonlance. So they are intelligent beings they are uh cunning they are uh we'll we'll get into the the differences differences between the chromatic and metallic dragons in, in a little bit but they're more or less the same as traditional dungeons and dragons dragons cool uh so the high god sees that the world was made uh his is you know the people that he invited to his, his pool party are, are having fun in the pool and he's like <laughs> cool i'm i'm gonna leave uh he he exits he goes either back to the beyond to some other place we don't know he leaves his divine plans for all of creation in a book called the tobril which he entrusts to gillian the god of balance and neutrality it's like hey my so uh, my take on that is he probably wants things to remain balanced and pretty neutral and not sway too far towards order nor towards chaos and it's like, hey, here's my, yeah, you know, here's the the way to lock up whenever you're done. Tobril backwards is Learbot, which sounds like reading robot in French. So just, just something. <laughs> just <Okay>. something. <laughs> that, might, that might be something. <laughs> that might be, I'm not sure it is, but it might be. I, you got me there, dude. It does. <laughs> um. Okay, so shortly after the creation of Kryn, uh, Kryn is the name of the world. <laughs> <laughs> Ever since high school, trying to translate things backwards, sometimes it just it, it words feel like they should be backwards. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I have always taken Tobril, uh, so the world in uh, dungeon in uh, Faerun Forgotten Realms canon is called Aber Toril, and Tobril oh. reminds me of Aber Toril. Okay. Like just there's a lot of similar sounds in there. Uh, so that's that's always where I figured they they got the inspiration for it. Cool. So shortly after the creation of Kryn, which is the world in this universe that uh, the, most of the campaigns will take place, while the gods are still working on shaping the land and making it habitable for future mortal races, Takesis decides to call up all the chromatic dragons. She bends them to her will, making them loyal to her and inherently evil. So that's Ooh. canonically making chromatic dragons evil. Is that Takesis, while all the gods are creating the world, she gets in touch with all the dragons at the time and is like, hey, wouldn't it be cool to only think ever think about yourself and not think about other people first? And they're all like, yeah, I guess. Totally. She's a lobbyist for the dragons, basically. Yeah, exactly. Um, (laughs) A grief-stricken paladin, still paying child support, but with no visitation, (laughs) asks Reorks to use his divine power of creation to craft monuments to his lost children. So he's like, uh, the wife, you know, goddamn Karen took the kid or yeah, Karen took the kids. And, you know, uh, could you just make me like dolls that look like my children? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) 
Reorks agrees. <laughs> Reorks calls the police and Tally yeah. is yeah. arrested. He's like, I, I normally wouldn't, but sounds like a really interesting hobby. So <laughs> you um, need to use real skin. They had real skin. <laughs> <laughs> Reorks oh, agrees. Man. He crafts five monuments of the dragons from gold, silver, copper, bronze, and brass. Ah, I see. <gasps> okay. You can probably see where this is going. I just collected every dragon in Spyro today, and they were all emerald, so I don't know where that one fell in. But Emerald would be a gemstone, so there would, there's no emerald dragon as far as I know. It's, that'd be green, I guess, green, right? Green, so evil, yeah. The closest one. There's a rhinestone cowboy. It's <laughs> a rhinestone <laughs> cowboy and a gemstone dragon. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, the rhinestone cowboys are all lawful good. <laughs> um, okay. Paladine, presumably oh. snickering, gives life life to the statues, creates the good aligned counterparts to chromatic dragons, known as the metallic dragons. Right. Uh, Are they all so, fire breathed? No. Or do they breathe liquid metal? No. So uh, fire breath is red dragons and gold okay. dragons. So they're, they're, they're essentially the metallic ones are counterparts to the chromatic. Okay. So gold is, is counterpart to red, which is fire breathing. Mm -hmm. uh silver is counterpart to blue which is lightning lightning breath. right yeah exactly i uh <laughs> ethan i knew that we were kind of like behind this week because of life stuff and you covered for me the previous week so i tried to write an episode to cover for you and you wrote a dragon length dragon lance episode that's so uh, i tried i started <laughs> elden ring elden ring dragons but there wasn't enough oh, yeah. to finish an episode uh, and oh. all the all the ones that started they had, the dragons were the first people and they had lightning breath and then the mm -hmm. ones we meet later uh, have mixed powers and stuff. But lightning lightning sounds like that just sounds like Dark Souls dragons. Oh no, wait, Dark yeah. Souls dragons were weak to lightning. Yeah, it like, peeled yeah. away their stone scales. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the 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 metallic dragons are basically like one to one like okay. comparisons. And again, it's in in this mythos, it's Reorks created a metallic dragon to match each chromatic dragon, right? So right. It, right. it makes the most sense. Um. So we have metallic dragons now. This kicks off a war uh, known as the All Dragons War. So people are like, oh, we can't have... The the evil dragons presumably are like, well, we can't have goody two-shoes running around here. Yeah. Um, no Captain Crunch. Oops, all dragons. <laughs> Oops, all <Yeah>. dragons. <laughs> um, so the All Dragons War threatens the very existence of this very nascent Crin, this this like new world that's just being formed and like you know there's still gods being like hey, i i made something called a tree it's made out of wood and it's got leaves on the top and a green dragon Aww. just like obliterates it with acid just like yeah exactly it's like the ship in the bottle and they just like knock the table yeah. like the whole thing collapses like oh. <laughs> i, I want to say green dragons are poison breath and black dragons are acid breath but i might not have that right uh Ooh. well uh, it's in the trailer in the D, &D movie um, the actually, black dragon in the trailer does spit out like pitch so it is like a dark fluid that like melts the, dudes the black dragon or the green dragon yes yeah, record okay breath weapon green dragon poisonous chlorine gas Green dragons. Oh, chlorine gas. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a second. I don't green know. Dragon, green dragons green. are pulling up for the fucking Kaiser. Green, <laughs> green dragons are banned. Okay. Are you guys saying like acid weapons wouldn't be banned by the Geneva Convention? It's just a, it's just a dragons, very specific. All, all dragons would be banned by the Geneva Convention. We can fair all fair enough. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's why you. But, that's why we don't use them in war. Of course. They're, yeah. They're yeah. They're the nukes. I guess. Right. Like. 
It's like whoever controls the drag. In yeah. Game of Thrones, whoever controls the dragons controls the world. I don't know. Yeah. In, in D&D, they're much less controllable. Like, they're they're uh, supremely intelligent. And it honestly depends on the type of dragon. But we'll get into it. Like, each each color of dragon is typically different, like, different personality. Where silver dragons and blue dragons are the ones most willing to cooperate with people. and okay. And kind of because that, blue dragons specifically are seen as, like, cunning and manipulative. Because they're evil. And they're willing to work with people usually means they're willing to like deceive to like kind of achieve their ends. Red right. dragons are like supremely arrogant. Red dragons don't even tolerate other dragons very well. Like the, uh, like a red dragon will not tolerate other chromatic dragons and just be like, no, a... white dragons are le- are lesser, you know, uh, like get there them are white dragons. Are there like white dragons with red eyes or albinos and they can't go out in the sun? No, there's white <laughs> dragons with blue eyes and they're oh, the most nice, powerful right. card in Yu-Gi-Oh. Blue eyes, white dragon. Ah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, white dragons are, do have a ice breath. Yeah. Do have a ice breath. So They don't have some yeah. other horrible weapon from the 19th century? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, they, they, they just, they spew lead paint. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the white, white dragons have the uh, police system to oh uh, my oppress God. their opponents. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah so in in dragonlance i think the bronze and brass dragons end up becoming more neutral aligned uh we don't get to it in the first two eras but they end up getting like locked out of creation in a way because uh they get tricked by being neutral by the gods of evil and and all these other things okay um but we've got the all dragons war happening right now it's threatening basically the world right uh the gods realize this and they withdraw they're like, oh, you know, we just built all these beautiful sandcastles. Now we're wrestling. Let's go wrestle. Let's go I wrestle mean. somewhere else. Let's go wrestle. <laughs> let's in wait space. till this finishes and we can side with the winners. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Let's, yeah. let's go wrestle in space. Uh, yeah. They they do that. They withdraw from Kryn before their world. Their war can destroy everything they've created. The gods of light in space build the dome of creation. The gods of darkness create the abyss, and the gods of balance create a place called the hidden veil. These are essentially uh, we've talked about the cosmology of Dungeons and Dragons before, how the material plane is in the center where most of your campaigns will take place in traditional D&D. Then you have like the Feywild and the Shadowfell, which are kind of echoes of the prime material plane. And you have like where the gods live. You have the nine hells. You have, you know, the abyss where demons live, all that stuff. Did we do a Shadowfell episode? Is that the one with the spooky man who gives you directions? When you arrive in the Shadowfell, there's a a basically a crucified man who is willing to give you directions to different places. Um, so in, in the dragon in the Dragonlance cosmology, you have the prime material plane, which is Kryn. Then you have the Dome of Creation, which is heaven. You have the Abyss, which is hell. You have the Hidden Veil, which is kind of this neutral god place. Okay. Uh, so this is the first of the outer planes. The inner planes are like the uh, elemental planes. So you have the, the, the plane of the fire. The neutral plane. plane. Of... It's where we, we established the Geneva Conventions to ban <laughs> yeah. green dragon chlorine. Bra- yeah, bra- ban green dragons. Yeah. Yeah. Is there a uh, chromatic dragon that like breathes piss onto a rag so you can like clean your eyes out? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Canadian dragon. Yeah. The red white dragon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so w- while the gods are waging their war for an indeterminate amount of time, hanging out in the outer planes, still away from the world, the gods discover that stars aren't just fireflies stuck in the night sky, but something more. So they're, again, like, how the planes versus the uh is it just like are they just in space is really blurred normally and it's more blurred in these ones but they basically are in the outer outer planes and they realize that stars aren't you know 
balls of of fire which are burning you know tens of thousands of millions of light years away yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the, in, the scholar pumba i think was on the lex friedman podcast and talked about that right <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah uh so i have a quote for you guys from the dragonlance campaign setting book in the silence it's, it's like i've had enough of these dragons on these motherfucking planes uh, i've had enough right? of these got motherfucking dragons no? <laughs> motherfucking okay. planes yeah okay is that it that's a fantastic dumb movie by the way <laughs> In the silence following the All Dragons War, there comes a strange crystalline song. Following the source of the beautiful music, the, the gods discover that the stars, sparks created by Riorx's forge when the world when he created the world, are alive. So uh, um, when Riorx creates the world, he casts sparks into the night sky, uh, and these sparks are alive. They're spirits in some way, essentially. That does make sense. It's a very cool thing to do with like the residue from like smithing something right yeah that's very cool yeah. slag hmm? oh yeah that's what that's called yeah it's a couple slags up in the night sky that sounds like <laughs> a bad word it is if you're, if you're if you're british i think it means like a uh or, promiscuous woman yeah. yeah oh um so naturally the gods are fighting in the outer planes uh over you know well, I you shouldn't have made you shouldn't have made copies of my dragons because I rightfully brainwashed them to believe in evil, right? Uh, so they're bickering about that. They realize the stars are alive. Naturally, they begin to bicker and fight over who should rule these celestial bodies, right? Like who should be in charge of the stars. Um, so a new war begins, known as the All Saints War. So we we've gone, we had all dragons war. They agreed to end that. Went to space. In space, they realized there's other stuff to fight over. <clears throat> the all, all saints war okay in madden 2023 the new orleans saints are up against dragons <laughs> <laughs> just a quarterback like like cranking his arm back like rolling it out of the pocket and just like chlorine gas yeah, all over exactly. the field. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh <laughs> so the all saints war while fought in the heavens had far-reaching repercussions as horrible storms spun down from the skies above and landed on Kryn, wreaking horrible devastation across the world. Again, the gods bullshit threatening the world, essentially, right? Yeah. And, and there's, like, there's created life and now do nothing but threaten its existence. It's fucking so, insane. Yeah. So, and like, they didn't even create, like, they created life because they created dragons, but they've only created dragons pretty much. That's like the, oh, old, the only, the only, there's no mortal races just yet. Okay. Um, so, the All Saints War gets so bad that Dad decides to stick his head back into the universe. The High God reappears for the last time in Kryn's history. This is the last time that the High God will ever appear in the universe, essentially. Um, he tells the other gods... Ruckus, apparently. Yeah, exactly. All of, threatening all of existence, he's like, hey! Yeah, like, he, he literally, like, he bought a summer house, and then, like, he had some friends from back home who were like, oh, dude, can we, like could you spend the summer down there, dude? And he's like, honestly, like I did buy it, but I, I'm not going to be there this year. Absolutely. Here's the keys, you know, just take care <laughs> of it. Here's, here's my tow brill. Here's, here's, you know, the, the cottage instructions, you know, the Wi-Fi <laughs> password. It should have been more of a van because of the no bed, no bath, only beyond. So. <laughs> oh yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you got, the tow brill, here's, here's, here's my blog about van life for the, yeah, uh, you, got, you got 15 hippies stuffed into a van and they won't stop bickering yeah. over here's who, my rock climbing who, who should control the hot plate. Yeah. Uh, yeah, one guy wants to make beef roni, but one guy wants to do dabs off of it. So anyway, we're going to start a fucking war. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, the beef roni one is the evil gods. We can all agree, right? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. 
Yep. So the, the high God reappears, tell the other, tells the other gods, get your shit in order. Like, stop fucking with my van. The one true father of the gods breaks up the fighting, tells him instead of fighting over the spirits of the heavens, use these spirits, use these spirits to create life for your, for your dollhouse. You know what I mean? Like you, you guys have this, this beautiful thing that you've created. Why don't you guys go ahead and make some life? So, uh, each, each of the pantheons imparts a gift on the stars. Uh, so the gods of light give these spirits a desire to control, to create, and for order. The gods of evil give the gift of ambition, to crave imbalance and the need to have more than your neighbor. Oof. Finally, the, the gods of neutrality give the gift of free will to the spirits. The spirits then descend on the world and emerge as elves, ogres, and humans. Okay. So it seems like elves are the, the good aligned ones who desire control to create and for order. Ogres are the evil aligned ones who crave ambition and and have like this desire for power <laughs> and humans are just kind of like wild card bitches and they... I, I thought the humans would have been ambitious to cause issues because it, humans are often the source of no. like sadness not... and racism and fantasy right but That's i guess well, not D. you know orcs are always taking on those internships and just trying <laughs> to get ahead yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so ambitious. they'll work for free it's crazy yeah. yeah um yeah no i mean ogres maybe more so than humans are, are typically regarded as the evil ones. And like, so when they, we'll, we'll get into the, the, the next, we'll get into the next days that the age of dreams. And we'll talk a bit more about the mortal, the mortal races. Okay. But, uh, it does seem like when they first start, they are more blank slates. They just kind of fall into those roles. So they, they okay. are kind of, they do all kind of have some of these traits just to varying degrees. And it seems like over time, those degrees like widen where like the elves do become more orderly and kind of grow into a more uh, like controlled naturally sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. And we'll, we'll get into like the rise and fall of like the first ogre civilization essentially, but um, eventually they kind of part those ways. Humans like humans being the neutral party. I, I do think makes the most sense for a D uh, fantasy setting like D and D because when you're when you're playing the game you want your players to be able to like I I can be kind of whatever right like you don't want to be like oh humans are the evil ones cuz like and be having free will means that like some humans are evil right but some humans yeah, are also yeah, yeah. super orderly you just have like the wide variety of like yeah if you're playing a human you can kind of be whatever or and D&D &D being so heavily like Tolkien inspired Tolkien being like very like children friendly fantasy of like straight up black and white of just like yeah, yeah. okay you've got beautiful elves very good immortal uh, evil monsters made of mud uh, yeah, exactly. which are like the Urukai, right? Exactly. Um, so with no more spirits in the sky to fight over, the gods declare a truce, and each pantheon decides to create a new god to honor that truth. Uh, so from the stars, uh, from from these creations that they've they've made, <laughs> we get the gods of magic. We get the good Solanari, the evil Nuitari, and the evil uh, and the neutral, excuse me, Lunitari. So Solanari, good sun, Nuitari bad night uh neutral lunatary which which would be the moon so like light at night right yeah okay you can see it during the day sometimes which i think we mentioned last week as well yeah possibly yeah. it's true and <clears throat> we can mention it every week it's still true yeah and we also Fair get enough. the trickster yeah. we got the trickster god et's atari or oh atari's god. et my, <laughs> 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 my neck my next sentence references the trickster god <laughs> just to oh, make really? sure that, you, that you went there right we there. Go. there we go so reorks tricks by the uh et uh the god of lies uh <laughs> decides that around this time 
he needs to do something. Uh, Reork, sorry, is the, the god of smithing, the one who created the world, right? He's yeah. tricked by the god of lies. He decides that around he this time... He all his needs... Reese's pieces, right? What? That's from E.T. <laughs> what the oh, fuck? Okay. You got a Reese's on hand? What is going on? <laughs> oh, yeah. I got one on. I always got fuck? one on hand. <laughs> Jamie's always chromed up. <laughs> yeah, ja- Jamie really took his chlorine gas today. He's really jized up for this episode. Yeah. I, I hope you guys are going to joke about vegetable thins later, because I got those, too. <laughs> oh, dude, that you got was the next thing answer. I wanted to fucking mention. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so Reorks... God of God of Smithing, the one who created the world, uh, is tricked by the God of Lies. Decides that around this time he needs to do something to make sure that neutrality is anchored in the planet to never sway too far one way or another. So he's like, I need a physical thing to anchor the very essence of neutrality to, essentially, right? So he uh, crashed the internet. Oh yeah, well, uh, <laughs> it feels like that's not. <laughs> it feels like that's very far the other way. But. I just remember net neutrality being a really big thing, and then the guy that kept editing with bigger and bigger teeth who were trying to take it away from us. But. He was also drinking out of a Reese's mug in the Senate, if you remember. Oh, oh weird. Yeah. weird. What, what is going what on tonight? Hell, man. <laughs> nothing. It's nothing's going on. Going on. Drunk, yeah. going on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so reorks. God of Smithing creates a powerful gemstone, which he plans to contain the very essence of neutrality, known as the Gray Gem. Uh, beautifully okay. named the Gray Gem. Awful, nice. just horrible. It, it to me in my head that sounds like just like a cloudy, like a diamond that looks like it's just filled with like melted snow water off the street, right? Like <laughs> yeah. that kind of gray. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so to create a powerful magical artifact like the Gray Gem, it's all the ingredients one would expect. Uh, banana and egg, I think, is it? No. Uh, uh, yes, no, it, it is. It's, <laughs> That's it's the two go- ingredients for banana yeah. pancakes, according to <laughs> to kitchen thekitchen.com with no e. Yeah. Again, subscribe to our Patreon, listen to our bonus content if you want to know what the fuck we're talking about. No, uh, it's all the ingredients one would expect: sugar, spice, chemical X, and of course, a pinch of chaos. Okay. Oh. And by chaos, I mean capital C the all-powerful embodiment of entropy, which will, uh, at some point, consume all of creation, right? So just a pinch. Just a little pinch of that. I was just playing Hades, and you get to meet the god of chaos. There's always a god of chaos. Uh, you get to meet that one, too. Uh, and yeah. you, like, take on... Uh, it's like, oh, well, you take double damage for three rooms, but then do double damage or something yeah. like that. You always make deals. Oh, nice. And then uh, Nyx, the the girl uh she's like the lord of night or the mistress of night or something of night yeah yeah she's mommy she's trying to get with uh the chaos or the chaos is her dad or something they're they're all related i forget yeah they're they're, it's pretty the greek girls are all very much like cousins or sometimes just like a or like a seashell full of foam or whatever the fuck (laughs) it's all there's literally two families there's the gods and the titans and they fuck a lot um okay so so Reorks is creating the Grey Gem. He needs a pinch of chaos to do it. So he wants to, to grab like a... To, to make it neutral, he's like, I've got all these bits of order. I'm going to grab a pinch of chaos to make it perfectly neutral, right? Mm-hmm. Little whoopsie in the tuning means instead of grabbing just a portion of chaos, Reorks somehow manages to entrap the entirety of the old, ga- of the old god in the Grey Gem. I wouldn't Uh-oh. trust like I weighing chaos, personally. <laughs> you're like that's probably fine yeah 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 someone had left the, the salt shaker half unscrewed on chaos yeah, and- yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so panicked, Reorks decides to give the gem to Lunatari, the neutral god of magic. Uh, with the world in place, our jewels safely stored with a god of magic, the, the neutral god of magic. Uh, the age of starbirth ends and the age of dreams begins. But more on that after the break. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Age of Dreams sees the first races finding their places in the world. The ogres, first to awaken, claim the mountains. The elves, Natch, withdraw to the forests. While mm -hmm. the humans are left with the plains, where they, quote, Grow as savage as the elements they are exposed to. Oh. Ah, first planeswalkers con confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> I like how the ogres claim the mountains. Just like, hey, we got we got the prime real estate on the mountains, and then it's just like no agriculture, terrible weather, like snow, <laughs> snow caps forever. Like, ah, oh, fuck. I had exact my, thought when I read this. Like, why would you claim the mountains first? Like, why? Yeah, why I would don't you know, but Ethan, every over. time we've start every time we've started a Minecraft world, we usually end up on mountains. We usually That's find true. mountains and set up yeah. trap. Uh, so I, I want to build. I want to be as high as possible. It's true. I want to. I want to look <laughs> down on people. Yeah, uh, ogres, presumably the ones to paint humans as savage, enslave large groups of humans to build their mighty na nation of cold stone. So this is the first civilization. Is the ogre civilization? They okay, were the cool. they were the first to awaken. Uh, from the stars and they are the first ones to kind of carve out their own like niche of civilization the elves eventually as they kind of grew would watch warily from their forests and begin to build defenses to repel an eventual ogre invasion should they ever need to right okay foreshadowing which, they're gonna which are just fences but that's how orcs refer to them they're defenses um do you know what their architecture is based on? Because I think like a, a mountain civilization of ogres could be based on like a really cool human civilization that isn't just like, oh, yeah, it's, you know, D&D's version of the pyramids or some shit. Uh, uh, I mean, I, I there's very so this is like the age of dreams. This is uh, okay. so this point in history. So the uh, in regular D&D, &D, it's AD, AD is the. Um, uh, like year naming convention After or DR, DR, excuse me, which is Dale Reckoning, uh, okay. is the, the standard like year in uh, Dragonlance. It's PC. So this is 
8,000 years plus PC, which is pre-cataclysm, which is going to be like a prehistory event, which kind of shapes the future of Kryn. So like what this civilization looked like, big air okay. quotes, is is very much up to the, the imagination of like okay, okay, okay. when you're making a game, if you want to have like some time travel stuff where they end up back here or they find some ruins of this, 8,000 year old ruins of this or plus um you can kind of make it look what you would whatever you would want to look like oh, I okay kind of, i didn't know if there's some canonical stuff like because i know like there's like different civilizations like we default very much to like the stuff that the west thinks is cool like being the pyramids or stonehenge or like castles and shit but there's like think, some very wacky buildings in asia from like fifteen thousand years ago right so i i think very much think of the uh like gerudo valley from ocarina of time which is like that those nice little like stacked houses built into the side of a mountain is what okay. i picture when i think of this ogre civilization yeah. There's a canyon in North America that was built by like some grand very natives. That's like that. Great. Yeah. Not that mm-hmm. one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Just a bunch of Native Americans with shovels made the Grand Canyon. Holy, <laughs> wow, wow, man. Hey, takes time. Takes time, but you can get there. They were here first. Um, so Reorks got a neutrality. Seeing the sto- sorry state of humans squatting in the plains without two sticks to rub together decides to pay them a visit and walks among them. So some humans are grabbed by the ogres, uh, are enslaved to become, you know, to, to serve the ogres in creating their civilization. Other humans seem to remain on the plains. Reorks, this god of, of smithing and creation, uh, visits the humans. Can we do he, a half uh, drink for ancient aliens here? Not like a full one, because it's kind of... Do we do ancient aliens? Is that is that a do drink? We, I was a new do one. ancient robots. We oh, yeah. we added ancient aliens a few weeks ago because it came up so often. I think. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. Ronald Reagan, who yeah. is you know <laughs> Ronald Reagan went to the Byzantines and gave them agriculture, right? Yeah. <laughs> Someone in yeah. our in our servers posting mail being sent to Ronald Reagan. I'm like, I, even if you work for the post office, I don't think you should be posting. People. It seems like <laughs> a crime. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so Reorks visits the humans. He he gathers uh, to him every one of them who's filled with the spirit of creation, uh, and he brings them to the north. And he imparts to them the knowledge of his crafts. So he basically takes like a bunch of them and says like, "Hey, I can I can teach you a few things. You know, you don't have to be enslaved to ogres. You can come with me, and I'll teach you how to make a hammer. Teach you how to make a rock with a pointy rock on a stick. You know." Yeah. Um, right. Teach you how to make a rock. Like, all right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this goes Just pretty everywhere. well. This goes pretty well for a few thousand years, until about thirty-seven hundred years later, the humans who had followed Reorks into the north were getting a little too up their own ass. Uh, they're getting a little haughty and a little uh, self-assured for the god of neutrality of all things, right? Oh yeah. Well, I, that would make sense. They're they're. They are quick to learn. They're creating all these cool things and these cool uh, devices and stuff. And the God of Neutrality is like, whoa, whoa, slow it down there, partner. We don't want anything that could impact the outcome of anything. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> wanting to humble them a bit, <laughs> wanting to humble them a bit, Reorks curses them twofold. They would forever be short kings and they would all have ADD. Okay. In, pra- in practical terms, they were made shorter. And they were cursed to always want to tinker and create, but to never be satisfied with their creations. This is the oh. canonical birth of gnomes in the Dragonlance setting. Oh, oh. so he's like it's essentially these humans who are just like two up their own asses. He basically said, "I'm going to curse you so that anything you create, you'll never be satisfied with," and creates this kind, kind of, of ambition, sort of. Because if you got satisfied on on what you've <laughs> created, then you wouldn't be ambitious anymore. I guess. But. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, you're not wrong. 
Yeah, and again, as as like a he is not the neutral god. That's Gil Gilnian, Gilney, yeah, Gillian, Gilnian or Gillian, Gillian. Uh, but he is like one of that retinue. So he kind of dabbles in all things. Like he's like these are the this is the the group that gave free will right as their one gift. Right. So they're kind of just like yeah, kind of do whatever you want. Doesn't really matter. Long, as long as in the end it, it ends up neutral, doesn't matter. Yeah. Hey, listen, I don't want anybody growing over there like two and a half feet tall. That is yeah. too too not <laughs> neutral for my taste. Said yeah. Gillian, the two and a half foot neutrality god. Right? Hey, if, you're, like, gonna do, whoa, whoa. if you're gonna do something uh, extremely charitable, make sure you do a war crime with it. Make sure you <laughs> make sure you hit up a green dragon on the way out. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I think honest, honest Dawn in the server asked for gnome lore, but referring to WoW, but you got at least some of them. Yeah, here's yeah. a taste. Yeah. Dragonlance, no more. So one of these gnomes, tricked by the god of lies, much like his divine father, ends up stealing the gray gem from Lunatari. So you guys will remember the gray gem was given to Lunatari, the neutral god of magic, Luni being Loon, yeah. Loon, god of magic. Um while after he steals it from the god of magic he ends up dropping the gem unfortunately which ends up spending <gasps> the next while just crisscrossing Kryn. so it's it's like <laughs> he was trying to use the 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 rope to slide down to escape the place but he just threw the gem off the roof oh uh, yeah exactly. <laughs> 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 which yeah. ethan did in payday Boy, too, but, yeah. i got a payday too he said before ziplining away uh, <laughs> so for the next like X amount of thousands of years, the gem is just kind of like on Kryn. It's it's falling into this warlord's hand or that, you know, random okay. thief's hand or whatever. Um, wherever it goes, incredible changes are seen. So flora, fauna, animals, and the mortal races are warped by the gray gems. Chaotic energy is pretty much. Oh, yeah, of course. It's uh, we talked about awesome. this on the bonus again. Subscribe to Patreon. It's just like causing evolution. Where it's just like, oh no, all crabs sort of thing. Yeah, it's, it, it's, like, it's radiation, I guess you could say, where like, yeah. it's mutating stuff, like wherever right. it goes, right? Cool. Um, or, Bugs, yeah, birds, and dragons can all fly. They've evolved yeah. independently. That's chaos, right? It's, it's radiation. In, evolution. Yeah, it's radiation in media, which just creates fun, fun mutations of things. Of and course. doesn't just like kill you horribly. <laughs> Make your yeah. DNA fall apart. So yeah, your skin exactly. falls off, right? Yeah. Um, so ogres around this period of history are canonically bad guys. Uh, TM, TM, TM. Indeed, right. there's an ogre who decides not to execute a slave who disobeyed orders one day because in doing so, in disobeying orders, that slave saved the ogre's daughter's life. Okay. So there's a mm. there's an ogre who has all these human slaves. Uh, they're there's in a mine. ogres on both sides, sort of yeah. argument. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, no, there's not. They're they're all bad ogres, is the idea. And then this is the first good ogre okay. that we have in recorded history, where he's he's just like, you know, I really wanted to execute that slave because uh, I found something dangerous in the mine and I ordered it collapsed. But this slave decided to leave with my daughter before collapsing the mine on the other slaves. So I really wanted to execute him for that because he did disobey orders when I said collapse the mine he said i'm gonna get your daughter out first then collapse the mine uh so he decides that you know what i'm he quote delays the execution uh indefinitely so he doesn't even say like right. yeah he doesn't even say yeah you're free to go he doesn't even say like yeah i'm not gonna kill you he just that says, was my question I, it's like did he free him 
afterwards uh, no so he doesn't free any of the slaves yeah i guess i don't smash my dishes on purpose right like other shit that i own <laughs> yeah. I guess i'm yeah. like a good guy <laughs> uh, i guess in the weapon triangle uh ambition does beat free will because free will is he doesn't have yeah. free will anymore yeah <laughs> yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah uh so learn like this ogre igrain is said to to be the first ogre to learn compassion right he, he decides then to give his people more freedoms not freedom peter don't be confused I'm just sorry, more like you're right he, he establishes you know the 40 hour work week he establishes some amount of paid sick leave you know <laughs> the, the the government mandated bare minimum amount of paid sick leave is what he yeah what he, he, now, he, he now gives his slaves six dollars and 25 cents an hour right like <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah <laughs> yeah uh, they're allowed to like move their face away while they're giving ogre pet pedicures or whatever now like, yeah, imagine, exactly imagine those 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 feet at the top of the, the mountain there how, how dirty they would be <laughs> so and no. big. yeah so, yeah i mean canonically ogres are 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 pretty they're beautiful at, at a certain point in history uh that that changes and we'll, i'll read you guys a quote in like just a little bit about that but this ogre igrain gives gives these people more freedom he he allows them, you know, a little bit, a little bit more leeway, and it turns out like, hey, that leads to more productivity, which leads to better profits in this fantasy world. Okay, uh, thirty-seven point five hour week, actually. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, real capitalism thing. Yeah, yeah. employees don't. Employers only want you happier because then you'll be more productive. Yeah. And if it was more productive to keep you unhappy, then they would, in which they do. In some they would. Cases. Yeah. yeah. Uh. So so he he. And whatever he learns his lesson he learns that oh this is actually more productive um but this causes others to take notice and they're like well i have an emerald mine too and i don't want to <laughs> treat my workers like that uh so two extra grains of rice over the course of a slave's life does amount to <laughs> yeah, 100 exactly. extra grains of rice the additional calories do get one full extra emerald mind out of the <laughs> mind per right yeah, exactly. so it's like yeah. it, it, it is worth the investment over time yeah right so th this is all seen as bad optics for the other ogres who are wantonly executing slaves and the compassionate igraine was declared a heretic and driven out of society him he and his kin departed with the humans to distant lands and they eventually become the irda a blue skin species of the world of crin so they become like a subspecies of ogre in the future okay. called the irda named after him. i like that uh, one uh, ogre let his uh, human slaves work from home on the mines, and it really messed it up for all the other <laughs> yeah, ogres. You're yeah, yeah. <laughs> like digging straight to the floor. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, you open you open the mine shaft, and there's not even a mine shaft; it's just a mirror reflecting a dragon on the ceiling. Because oh like, no, yeah. roll for initiative, roll for yeah. uh, take your bingo thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Uh, Eventually, so this grind set does not work out for the ogres. I have a quote Damn. for you guys. Another one from the, the campaign setting. As ogres continue to embrace cruelty, they begin falling prey to their own decadence. More and more ogre children are born without the beauty or power of their ancestors as ogres begin to outwardly reflect their inner ugliness. Human slaves rise in revolution, overthrowing the tyranny of their masters. As many ogres are slain, their cities are razed, and the ogre civilization falls. Okay. So, so their faces oh, got stuck like that. Like the the lesson your mom would tell you, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um a, a warning to all the Gen Zers out there. Yeah. Don't make don't. don't make rude faces. Or be ambitious. Or be ambitious. Or, <laughs> don't, don't. or I or mean rise up against your masters, people. maybe, but like just don't make rude faces is no, the lesson's <laughs> takeaway. <laughs> the hu the humans are the one who rose up against their masters. Oh, excuse me, that's true. The ogres the ogres are the masters. Um 
so this is the fall of the the ogre civilization um and and kind of in the in that power vacuum around the same time who knows uh we we have a familiar group seeking a familiar dream the elves are looking for a forest to live in um they leave their ancestral home which was a forest and end up in a new forest called the sylvanesti forest where they have a fruitful hundred years doing as elves do eventually is though a lot for elves in this or is that like not really a good track record i or are they also like basically immortal in uh, I, Dragonlance? i believe they are extremely long-lived in Dragonlance. Okay. i actually didn't think to look it up but i'm gonna assume that they're like other D elves and that they are very very long-lived and this is okay. this represents a generation of elves, like the one generation of elves living there fruitfully for 100 years you know okay um so they set up in this this place called the Sylvanesi Forest. Eventually, their outposts in the forest begin to encroach upon the sovereign land of the dragons of Tachesis. You guys will remember oh. Tachesis is uh, big bad, dami mommy, uh, goddess of evil. This predictably is not very kosher to the evil chromatic dragons who were <laughs> kind of occupying that land that's being <laughs> encroached on. Uh, and the elven invasion kicks off what is known as the first dragon war technically the second dragon war if you count the all dragon war that we already talked about but this mm. is the the first dragon war because it's a, a war between the dragons not between the not a war between the gods over the fate of dragons right the, it's against the dragons, the dragons are, not between the dragons the dragons are leading this <laughs> one whereas the dragons were like the foot soldiers in the last one Oh yeah, and now true. the mortal races are the foot soldiers with the dragons leading this one. Right. It's interdragonal, not intradragonal. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so an ancient evil red dragon named Cremacia sees an opportunity while the metallic dragons are away at a funeral and strikes at the Sylvanesti elves. It's like a mob hit. That's like a Sopranos shit right there. So okay, so maybe this is a good time to talk about this where uh the the sources on this like this was first introduced in 1984 the dragonland setting there's been um books published with there's there's a bunch of novels published there's campaign settings which have been published for pretty much every edition of dungeons and dragons there's a lot of different sources and they all kind of change the story a little bit okay one one telling of this exact event was that actually the evil red dragon cremacia first sends out a hit and essentially assassinates three uh, metallic dragons, which kicks this all off. Interesting. Okay, uh, Jamie, do you have a relevant prop at hand for this for some reason? <laughs> uh, 1984. Uh, 1984. Uh, that was the year Panama by Van Halen came out. Panama. Okay. <laughs> I don't know it on electric guitar. I wish I did. Uh, for listeners, no, he did pull up. He did pull up his guitar. He did. Yeah. Uh, so Michelle also nice. Yeah. So the the <laughs> I, I kind of I kind of blend some of the storylines to make the most interesting for which is something we've talked about before on the show that I, I tend to do that in my episodes where if there's multiple sources I try and pick the coolest parts of each different source right. Floor boys uh, canon baby you signed up for exactly. that when you downloaded the fucking episode <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, so Cremacia, evil red dragon uh, attacks the uh, elves uh, while the metallic dragons are away. Alongside their ogre companions, the the chromatic dragons strike the elven out, outposts, but the elves are surprisingly difficult to beat. They stand their ground, they fight back, they take pretty devastating losses, but they are 
at least bloodying noses on their way out. They're not really killing dragons, but they're at least killing a fair share of ogres. How hard is it to kill a dragon in D&D? Very hard. Uh, An ancient an ancient dragon can be like a a years, a years long villain. You know what I mean? Like it could be like you. you, It takes years of playing with your friends to get to the point where you can take on an ancient dragon. Elves would make good soldiers other than they probably don't um, have kids as quick as other races, but being in complete order with each other like that's where armies crumble first. Right. It's like as soon as like the middle of your army loses their guts, then it gets like plowed in and you can get like scissors open and all that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we've talked about this before on the podcast, but in in most like historical battles, uh, it's usually like 10% of one, one side's forces sustain losses. And like the rest of the army just like crumbles and like surrenders. And it's like, well, that's too much. Cause like it is, it is a lot of people. Right. But like you never see battles where it's like to the last man. That's very, very, very rare in a historical context. Yeah. Um, if you had the order to just like stand there and die, then hell yeah, yeah. be a great soldier. <laughs> yeah, you gotta love all your brothers next to you, like the bridge burners, and exactly go very far. Uh, so eventually, the metallic dragons return from the west from their funeral and see the horror of the elves being slaughtered. The metallic dragons are led I'm by one name- forest unlocked. Someone's broken in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, the metallic dragons are led by one named Orokin, a gold dragon. Uh, he leads a counterattack against the chromatics, but the evil dragons are anticipating it, ambush them, leading three, leading to three of the five metallic dragons to be killed. So this is in that uh, alternate telling. Instead of three of the five being killed here, it was Crematia sent out a hit and killed three of those five, which kicked okay. off the war between the elves and the ogres separately. Mm. Um. Not for nothing, Orokin and another metallic dragon, his brother Darlintan, managed to take a few chromatics down, but they realized early on that they are outclassed by their chromatic counterparts. Uh Uh-oh. It turns out the chromatic dragons have a little something called magic on their side. So in in D&D, dragons can cast, most of them are very proficient spellcasters. And you can they they'll have like a prepared spell list whenever you're as a DM you're running a, a dragon usually they'll know spells to cast. Um, it seems at this point other than their elemental breath and whatnot. Yeah, elemental breath. El, their elemental breath is usually like a Innate. feature of their biology, I guess. Okay, okay. They're intelligent creatures who can learn spells. So spells is usually like memorization of specific phrases, uh, components, and gestures. So, um, the, mage hand. We, Mage hand um, is a spell. I'll give you that. Uh, so when you cast, ca- light, cast the casting lightning right now, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, he's doing the shocker gesture for everyone at home. Um, yeah, when you're playing D anD D and you're you are playing a spellcaster, any spell you cast will usually have components to it, which is uh, V S and M, which is verbal, somatic, and material. Meaning, uh, if you want to catch cast the spell jump your character has a grasshopper's leg, which he pulls out of his component pouch and uses to cast the spell jump, essentially. Van so Halen, 1984! 1984! Look at this guy, and he's right on it. <laughs> jump right there! Um, yeah. Might as well jump. Um, it's like an there's... album with a baby on the front, you know, with the cigarettes? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Uh, the, the, then there's a verbal, which is, you say the, you know, a, a vodka it, or the Digimon, like the breath. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You yeah, you yeah. say your verbal component, and then somatic is like you have to 
you have to physically make gestures in the air of okay. like you have to like draw patterns in the air or something like that right the material okay. is like you got to have your um book with you Mater- uh, material is like the grasshopper like the jump uh oh. Oh, you yeah. said it already. Okay. I was yeah. too focused. You, 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 you got very excited about that. Baby. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so dragons, they, they have their spell breath, but then they're also, as they're intelligent creatures that have lived for a long time, they can also memorize these spells. A lot of, a lot of like being a wizard in Dungeons and Dragons is just, it. anybody can study and become a wizard. You don't have to be special right. if you just put in the hours and like. Yeah, it's like mem- sorcerer is magic. Innate. biologically and yeah, then exactly. like wizard is magic by nerd right yeah, if i was the exactly. wizard i'd call myself <laughs> top jimmy if, if i was a wizard <laughs> top, <laughs> that's, jimmy. that's another okay. one off the album never that's my first ever concert was van halen with you and i've yeah, never yeah. heard the song pop jimmy uh, <laughs> it's it's number three on the on the disc Number three on the call sheet. Right after Jim. Uh, jump. <laughs> no, Jim is Jimmy. Jimp. So the... <laughs> Jim. Put on your Jim suit, well, Jim. Jim. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. A guy in full leather suit just rolls out of the closet. <laughs> it's, a, it's a soft G, Jim. Not a hard yeah. G, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> uh that's so funny we've had this discussion before on air i know we have i've asked you guys this question but i thought about it again today that in my mind hard g and soft g are switched because i remember asking the question i remember jamie saying good is hard g yeah and it's it's backwards for me but everybody agrees with you guys you guys are right but that's in my mind it's backwards just just sounds harder i don't know I don't know why. And that upside down uh, accent we had on our patron that's a V rather than a chapeau, a hat. Mm-hmm. I'm starting to think that's a, a hard because it's Ch- like a staccato. It's like a staccato in music. Right? In music I yeah. interpret it as hard like and short. <laughs> because it's clearly a European name. And like oh. in Greek and what I assume is Eastern Europe, it's like a sort of sound. Let's kind of thing. not look at Let's not look it up, though. Let's I'm not going to Google of... it. <laughs> Let's never learn to say this. Yeah. this I will Google name Kelly right. Clarkson at any time, but I will not. <laughs> I'm not going to learn this person's name. Uh, okay. Kelly, Kelly Clarkson. Kelly, Kelly Clarkson. Yes. Uh, okay, so chromatic dragons have magic. <laughs> all, all to say, chromatic dragons yeah, have magic. Exactly. Metallic dragons don't. So Orican and Darlington, the metallic dragons, they're forced to flee. In the face of magic, they leave. Are they, both they gold? uh, no, Ar- Arkan is gold, Darlington is silver. Okay, and that's presumably the uh, copper, brass, and bronze dragons who are killed. Right. Uh, they they have to flee so urgently that they they have to leave the, the bodies of their fallen brethren behind, like they can't yeah. even like leave with leave with those bodies, right? That's the origin of first and second place being gold and silver as they raced away <laughs> to its Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> they couldn't even speak. recycle them. They couldn't get their yeah. 20 cents at the grocery store oh, for their dragon. Oh, yeah. oh, you you won bronze at the Olympics? You might as well be dead, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh so the chromatic dragons don't pursue. Uh Crematia wanted to focus on destroying the elves and reclaiming that territory. Arkin and Darlington both agree that the only way they can win this war truly is to get their own magic. So they draw straws. Darlington uh, elects to stay behind, protect the elves in their ruthless war. Uh, so they lay ambushes. They build strongholds throughout the woods. While the chromatic dragons and their ogre servants were strong, the resilience of the elves and Darlington eventually ground the war to a stalemate, more or less. Okay. 
so they drive back into the forest but like this is a this is home turf advantage and they they're kind of able to hold off the uh chromatic dragons and their ogre uh servants yeah it's like guerrilla warfare when you're on on home turf right you yeah can, exactly. you know the land it's the, it's I, the I like, invasion it was of vietnam in my head for the names where like orokin like or is french for gold and then yeah, I was it's, like, it's what's Darlington supposed to be is supposed to be, but A R Argentine is French yeah. for yeah, exactly. For, and and so. Oregon is A U A U R even. So A U is the A U R. Okay, right? yeah, it's, it's clearly like derived from and like the the backronym or the back lore, you know, is that yeah. Oh, you know, this is this is where the words for gold and silver come from, right? right. Yeah. yeah, is from the yeah. this gold dragon and the silver dragon because eight thousand years before the cataclysm, they still had Latin. Yeah, of exactly. <laughs> well, that that eight thousand years—that's old, old Italian. Yeah. Uh, so Orokin leaves his brother behind to defend the the homestead. He parts with three elven sages in search of magic. The sages help Orokin to open a gate to the realms of the gods, where eventually the quartet met up with, wouldn't you know, Solinari, Lunatari, and Nuitari. So I couldn't find any mention of the gods of magic actually giving the metallic dragons magic i'm gonna i'm gonna say lore boys canon they did and that metallic dragons are probably spellcasters and this is probably where it started but at no point does it says they gave them magic instead but they still live for centuries they can memorize it anyway right like a wizard yeah i mean yes and no like okay so (laughs) the god like in D and D too, and like listen to our very first D and D episode where we talk about like Karsic, uh Karsis, excuse me, and there was like the god of magic Mistral, who ends up like being unraveled by Karsis and then reforming as the god goddess Mistra after the fact, and like the rules of magic change throughout time. So that's like okay. in mm. in current in current you know modern day in our fantasy setting, that's how magic works. That's not necessarily how magic always worked. Okay. Um, that's, so that's the gift fair. of magic being imparted by these gods was probably like a deliberate thing at some point in history. Uh, and like they, they can't just like go to school right now to learn magic. It has to be imparted to them somehow. Yeah. OK. I, I would not that the dragons are going to some fucking academy during their genocide. Yeah. Yeah. So the gods, the gods teach Orokin not how to cast spells. Instead, they teach but how, how to read, read and a yeah. stack of magic books. <laughs> <laughs> Uh yeah, and the the books are called Dragonstones. So they teach them how to create these things called Dragonstones, oh. uh, which apparently can be used to capture the essences of dragons. So they 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 mm. they give them magic pokeballs. Essentially, they're like, okay, yeah. we, we don't got spells for you. We we're not the we're not the move tutor. This is the Pokemart. Here are your pokeballs, sir. Okay, oh. <laughs> it's not they're not capturing the the spells. They're capturing the dragons themselves. Yeah, exactly. Like, and okay. and we'll get to how specifically they work. But gemstones oh. in hand, uh, the three brothers, the the sages, and Orokin return to the forest and begin to shift the war in their favor. Chromatic dragons, it turns out, tend to fight by grouping with like colors. So we kind of talked about it before how red dragons don't like almost any other dragons. Anything? Yeah, red dragons don't even like other red dragons. Like they're they're supremely arrogant and they believe that they are top of the food chain. Like that specific dragon is the top of the food chain. They're kind of arrogance personified. Oh, um, in divine. Uh, original sin or whatever divinity original sin too. Yeah, that there's that dragon and I the hate it. The dra- the red prince is the dragon. He was the, the so dragon. fucking arrogant, <laughs> and I was like, I don't want him on my team. And it's, yeah. he's a red dragon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This makes sense. Okay, yeah. okay. 
Um, so that that's not that's not the case for all uh, chromatic dragons, but all chromatic dragons tend to group by color. So green dragons actually don't really like the white, the black, the the blue, or the red. Like they just want to fight. They're they're okay with other green dragons, but they they just want to stick with green dragons. All the other ones keep criticizing our fucking war crimes during the trench war. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean. <laughs> The same goes with black dragons, white dragons, blue dragons. Like they all just want to like group together. Red dragons uniquely are like they will group with other red dragons, but they specifically don't even like that. You know, they're like the the most extreme of of these examples. Um, Yeah, don't worry, guys. We got one of every dragon to help us write this script, so everyone is represented and everything is fine. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. This this like work of chromatic dragons gives the side of good of the side of the metallic dragons a unique advantage of only needing needing to set up a single dragonstone trap at a time right so uh, they basically like set up a the green dragonstone the you know the green the green dragons show up and they act they trigger the trap and they capture all the green dragons in the stone in the pokeball and now there's, you know, there's no blue dragon fl- flying around to go and tell the black dragons like, oh, by the way, they got Pokeballs now. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> Darlington. It's magic uh, rocks, kind of, actually. I'm going to. Yeah, kind of, kind of magic right. rocks. Yeah. Dar- Darlington, now pretty uh, battle hardened, lays three very successful traps. He leads the white, black and green clans into them and captures the chromatic dragons into their respective white, black and green dragon zones. So okay. those those clans are off the table. They're not they're not in the war anymore. As, as far as I can tell, and this is prehistory, it's uh, prehistory of a fantasy world. So it's, it's hard to find examples of like, did any white dragons like escape this trap? I, I couldn't find mention of it. I think Lorboy's Canyon will say like, all of them are trapped unless at the table you're like, I want to have a super ancient white dragon who happened to be the one white dragon who didn't get caught. He stayed in the home, trap. right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so now, now, fellas, you've successfully sprung a trap on a village of extremely powerful evil chromatic dragon. Okay. You now you've got a stone containing the souls of each of those dragons trapped inside. Presumably, oh. if they ever got out, they'd be pretty miffed and liable to bite and or scratch you. <laughs> What would what would you two, Jamie and Peter, do with this stone? Uh, I mean, uh, I would launch it into the sun or one okay. of them, probably, uh, except for uh, story purposes. I would probably, I don't know, entrust it to the same guy that had dropped the chaos stone before. Right. I To the elves. <laughs> I'd give it to the elves because the elves seem like the ones who could fuck up the humans the, the most the elves right have now. The elves are, are the ones working with the, the metallic dragons. So they're, they're the ones that kind of have it right now. It's the oh. metallic dragons are working with the elves in this. In this, It's the war is metallic dragons plus elves versus ogres and chromatic dragons. I'll put it in a tree. Okay. So at the top, every Christmas. Peter, <laughs> our heroes decide, the, the sides of good, decide that the best thing to do with the stones is to take them north into the mountains and drop them into a bottomless pit. All right. <laughs> I mean... Uh, as good as anything, right? Just throw them in a right. hole. I don't that, stop that worrying is the about black it. hole that you had asked about earlier, Jamie. Like, how do they work? It's like <laughs> ah, trash, basically. The, the yeah. black, I, mean, I mean, that's good. Yeah, I burn um, the garbage. We get that nice smell, and and everything's gone. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I I didn't I didn't finish my research in the into the Dragonlance world. I'm gonna guess at some point in the future, they're they're gonna be <laughs> they're gonna, they're gonna turn up, right? People are going to be yeah. like digging and going to be like, hey, what's this weird red, white, g- green, black, and blue stones? That's All these no, it's a bottomless gems. Bit. Yeah. yeah, It's a bottomless bit. The only way to get to it is to fall faster than the stones. 
and then somehow turn around and get out. Yeah, yeah I suppose like researchers yeah. could eventually, if their technology, overtake the stones and That's find it. out what is actually there. Right? Yeah. yeah, I think I think they're they're bottomless in the the Carlsbad cavern sense, where it's ad advertised as such, but just nobody's ever made a rope long enough to get to the bottom you know yeah just, exactly or the, the penny hitting the bottom is like so far it's too quiet to hear so there's no exactly proof, right exactly <laughs> i just had i have no idea why a, a vision of the spy kids falling down a very deep pit <laughs> i don't know why if they found a bottom did that happen in one of the movies about yeah yeah awesome. now, remember the bad guys that were like fingers or fingers thumbs or thumbs. something thumb yeah. Yeah. yeah they were like five thumbs it was like five thumbs like he had thumb was arms, like thumb, thumb feet, oh. and yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It was like Glover. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Uh, if Glover uh, was Exodia. I'm like, just, just Jamie's, Jamie's got a new pair of glasses, and he um actually like pushed up the, the bridge yes. of his glasses when he says, well, they were like Glover. <laughs> it's like a new power unlocked on the other side of the screen. I got it's it. Very, very intimidating. Uh, okay, so... The elves go to the north. They they essentially bury the the stones. Let, let's say yeah. Well, while this is happening, the blue dragon clan, possibly the strongest clan, was preparing for their attack. Now, blue dragons we talked about earlier. They're known to be clever. They work with mortal races, so they work very closely with the ogres. And like, while there was no blue dragons at the other uh, dragon stone events, there was probably ogres there, and the ogres have probably been talking. And the blue dragons, I'm going to say, lore boys canon are the only ones who are like. Hey, did did, you, what, did anything fucked up happen when all the other dragons at the last attacks just disappeared and we like couldn't find their bodies or anything? Like one of the ogres is like, oh yeah, they got stones that suck you guys into them, and like the blue <laughs> dragons are the first dragons that are like, oh okay, let's let's do something about that, right? <laughs> um, that's good, Lord Wars Cannon. <laughs> so, so uh, being the type of dragon most willing to work with mortal races that the blue dragons gather together a group of ogres send them to steal the blue dragon stone ahead of their attack okay um so and they succeed they they grab the blue dragon stone and then they attack so um orican and his brother darlington uh knows that they still have two fronts to fight on so they they captured the green black and white dragon clans but the blue is coming and there is still the red out there the single red ancient red dragon cremacia all right Red dragons, like I've said a few times now, luckily hate the mortal races, probably the most arrogant of the chromatic dragons, so we're about to send some lackeys to capture the red dragon stone. Orican decides he would take the fight to Kermatia himself, and the red general uh, and him kind of square off. Darlington stays behind to fight the blue dragon. So we have silver again. Hit them with it? Like a Pokeball? Or is it just like the, the it being clear. around just like, like sucks them not in? Not clear. Whatever, whatever you want, the Lord Boys Canada of like activating this could be. Maybe it is like some again. The gods of magic never explicitly gave Orican magic. I'm gonna say Lord Boys Canon, They did give him magic, and it's some magic command word that activates these stones, okay. or like it is, it is casting a spell with these stones in the vicinity that that sucks the dragons. Right. Uh, I think sucks. they just are cartoon they, diamond with a hatch on top, and it just like he gives the incantation, yeah. just like boink opens, and exactly. Like, yeah. Everybody in with a bunch of wind. It's a, I was thinking a, like the mosquito catcher kind of thing, where it's like you leave yeah. it out on the porch, and they. They're drawn to the light. They're inside. Oh, the bug yeah, zapper yeah. lamp. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm picturing a cardboard box made out of diamond, propped up on a on a stick with a string leading from it. Also right? made of diamonds. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Easy. Uh, yeah. Uh, so uh, Darlington calls upon the elves to retrieve the blue dragonstone, which was stolen. 
knowing like there he's not gonna be able to beat the blue dragons without it there's five blue dragons there's one of him one silver dragon Darlington makes his stand against this this host of blue dragons while the elves make for the blue dragon stone ultimately the elves win over the ogres they retrieve the blue dragon stone uh they manage to get it back to Darlington. when they return the silver dragon was locked in battle with three blue dragons oh. uh, having already managed to slay two of the five oh but shit. He, but he was mortally wounded in the fight so okay. he's not gonna, he's not gonna, he's not going to survive this he's using Just, mage hand yeah, well, no, the mage not a a combat. It's not in that's, combat. You um actually that, again, motherfucker. What is it? You can that, actually, actually, you can't um use actually, mage. He, he um actually himself. You can use it in combat. It just doesn't do anything. Uh, if you use it in combat, it's not used for damage. You can't rip off um anyone's nuts. No. I, I I I don't play D anD D, but I follow the subreddits, so mm. I see a oh okay, thing or two. Mage mage hand can uh it's like a spectral hand. A spectral floating hand appears in a space within thirty feet of you, and you can as as a bonus action on your turn you can command it to move a 30 feet per round to interact with stuff but it can oh, only pick up an object claw yeah it can only it can only pick up an object weighing like five pounds I, five pounds or ten pounds essentially so like it can't do yeah. very much you can't um tickle the grundle i mean you? you don't need more than five you pounds pick of up a grundle you don't need more than five pounds of porous to tickle a tickle. Oh, <laughs> I got my grundle tickled like a, like a punching bag, I guess. So. Oh, yeah. You're like, a, you're like a rough grundle tickle. Speed bag. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, so Darlington, mortally wounded in the fight, just as the elves return with the blue dragon stone. The three remaining blue dragons are descending upon him. The elves manage to activate the dragon stone, capture, capture the spirits of the blue dragons. Even if on the outside like a safe, like I got yeah, it. Exactly. <laughs> That's sick though. Like like a wounded silver dragon on the ground, and then there's three dragons plummeting full yeah. speed towards the, the earth and the just corp- vanish the, cor- the instant before it touches that guy. The, the corpses of two blue dragons on the on the ground next to him, and he's just like lying there dying, resigned to his fate when the elves show yeah. up and like activate this thing and suck the yeah. other ones out of the out of the sky. Um so with the blue dragons gone, the ogres are a uh, We'll say a quick cleanup because it, it doesn't matter. Uh, the elves, the elves win, I guess. Right. The blue dragon stone is buried with the others in the mountains while Orokin squares up against Cremacia. Cremacia would be beaten by Orokin, but would not be captured by the dragon stone. Instead, she manages to retreat. She flees to Takesis's side, who puts her into a deep sleep until she's needed again in the future to, quote, destroy all the elves. Oh. Wow. The yeah. other gods. The way the elves beat all the orcs were arrows to the grundle, of course. There's just orcs everywhere with yeah. one single arrow out of their Yeah, grundle. yeah. It's Achilles' grundle. It's where his mother <laughs> held him. She dipped him in the river. <laughs> that's that's literally... Okay, I actually saw a Texas speech, like, D's nuts joke, which was, like, essentially that, where it's like, oh, Achilles' mother dipped him into the into the river, and then his brother by the balls, and then, like, that's where, uh, like, these nuts comes from. Like, I saw such an elaborate joke like that. I'm, oh, I'm my God. Um, Long walk. Yeah. So, uh, all the gods, learning that the gods of magic had created the Dragonstones, interfered in this mortal war, had, like, given these tools to them, are, are pretty upset, because this has not gone well for them in the past, interfering with mortal affairs. Uh, they punished the trio by banishing, banishing the uh, gods of magic into the sky of Kryn. So Solitari, Nuitari, and Lunitari are the names of the moons. There's three moons uh, in the 
on the plane and they are that's the name of the moons floating around um again mixing of the the different sources like some of them when the gray gem was stolen from lunatari it was actually like the moons were already created in their name so like the gnome actually went to the moon to steal the gem and then dropped it like from the moon down onto the earth uh oh yeah but uh that's dragon lance part one that's nice. uh, most cool. of the Age of Dreams, uh, all of the uh, Age of Starbirth. We'll maybe revisit this world to discuss dwarves, the second Dragon War, maybe maybe more Dragon Wars, uh, the yeah, secret man. plans of the gods of magic turned moons, because apparently they weren't even mad about being turned into moons and they knew it was going to happen and they were kind of expecting it. That's all part of their plan. Who knows? Huh? Every time we talk time about it. Every time we talk about this, I want to play more. Uh, like, especially <laughs> when you give the scenarios where you look down, it's a mirror, it's a dragon above you, roll initiative. <laughs> like, and yeah. I know we kind of, maybe for when we get together for Bobby's birthday, we can finish up that dead space thing we were doing, because that'd be fun. Yeah, we were playing Starfinder, and yeah. there, was, oh, yes. there was a corpse ship. Yeah, yeah we, yeah, we left off at the corpse ship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Um, I've been your host, Ethan Palmer. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Uh, if you like the show, uh, consider leaving us a review. Uh, consider telling your friends. It really helps. Um, and yeah, we've we've done such a tremendous amount of growing. Thanks so much to all the uh, Discord uh, server boosters. We have a Discord URL now. I'll throw it to Jamie because he likes to talk yeah. about Discord, but what's, what's going on? Yeah, dude? so uh, we're not sure how long this will work because it's only as long as our wonderful subs like you keep it up, but discord.gg slash loreboys. It just will bring you to us now. We got our own Earl. Uh, it's thanks yeah. to people like, like Skull, Lucy, uh, Bjorn, I Am Dwarf, Magnus the Pink, Saucy, uh, to name a few, Avocado Man. Um, I think Jodo might be one too. Honest Dawn is one. Mm-hmm. There's too many, um, too many names at this point. For she, um, but anyways, we, we've we've gotten the final uh, tier of Discord, which is supposed to be better audio quality. We've got more emo- emojis than we know what to do with. Um, we yeah, have our just like our double chins at this point. <laughs> yeah, we got or um, a, an animated banner that we have to use and stuff. Anyways, get into the Discord. It's hotter than it's ever been. Um, hanging out in there, I posted my brag screenshot of beating Spyro one a hundred percent in under six hours today. Mm-hmm. Uh, so lots of fun stuff going on in there. And, and a selfie of him and his, he posted uh, a screenshot of a hundred percent, but a hundred percent under six hundred and twenty and six Oh six. There we go. And okay. He yeah. also posted a, a selfie of him in the glasses. If you're wondering what an, um, actually looks like, you can see the face that we oh, all it's in the prime. That was yeah. only in Prime. Oh, is that, so. is that Prime only? Mm, yeah. Oh, dang. Maybe you guys, once I get a nice photo of myself, I'll post hey, it. Yeah, well, maybe. That would transition well into the Prime shill, but we're going to we're gonna jump to Instagram and what's going on in Peter's world first because he's had an exciting day. And I feel At like Boys Podcast about. on Instagram. Um, obviously, I've been talking about it for a very long time because it's a staggering amount of work to do by yourself, but I've been working on a comic. Uh, I spent the entire day with my publisher uh, today and a wonderful cameraman named Tim. Um, whose last name I did not get, but he just rocked up with two incredible cameras. We shot a bunch of promo stuff. So I think the idea right now, at least the discussion we had, is that we're going to have a promo video out in like mid-April um, about the comic that I've been working on with like a lot more stuff because I'm like, I've done a lot of work recently, right? Like, and I know there's not a lot out there to like show people, but like the problem is, of course, we have to sell the fucking thing. So I can't just like give away screenshots willy-nilly 
Um, and then, yeah, I, sometimes I fall off my game, especially recently with uh, work being a little wonky. But Lore Boys podcast, you do get your title cards, usually in big bursts, like four or five weeks in a row. And then I miss a couple and they all come late. But whatever. I mean, uh, life do be crazy like that sometimes. But yeah, check out uh, at Lore Boys podcast on Instagram. Send us DMs. I know some people interact with us solely via Instagram. So if you want to say hi feel free. Yeah. If you want to request merch, which is linked below, check Instagram. If you wanted a sticker, shirt, whatever, let us if, know. I've got the Photoshop files. I can put them up. Our current provider is like, it's like a five minute process. It's fantastic. <laughs> if you're like Mad Max, you might find that Lore Boys podcast likes a reel uh, here or there. Usually those are the ones that I'm sending to Pete. So if you, if you <laughs> yeah. see Lore's, Lore Boys podcast like this, it's because we laughed at it usually. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Eric with a K, patron, uh, does, it does send some pretty dank memes. So if you want to send us something, send, send us something ridiculous, feel free. Yeah. Sometimes you'll only get a like. Sometimes you get a message. It depends on whether or not I'm driving, right? Of course. Yeah. So check out Squared Idea. They got some cool stuff. Primarily, uh, I Black Frontier. Mostly mine. Yeah. Black <laughs> I, sorry, I forgot the name. I kept wanting to say Pistol Shrimp. I was like, I know that was I the working it, title and is yeah. not the actual title. <laughs> yeah. I got the bar the other day. I called it Pistol Shrimp, and yeah. I was like, oh, fuck, got it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got it right. I know it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Check, check out Squared Idea if, you, if you're into that stuff. Uh, and more on that to come soon, I, I assure you guys. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening to the show. Thanks, everyone, for uh, supporting the show with your reviews and your talking to your friends and everything like that. We've, we've done some awesome growth in the last little while, and it's all thanks to you guys. The show is possible because of you guys, and all thanks to you guys, and only worthwhile because of you guys. So really, 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 from the bottom, from the bottom of our hearts, thanks so yeah. much. Uh, if you guys cool want to million downloads is coming up real soon, which is insane. Yeah. Exactly. Right. We've only been saying it for a year, but it's coming up real soon. Uh, <laughs> <a> big <laughs> <laughs> um, if you guys want to support the show financially, we do have a Patreon, patreon.com slash the lore boys, uh, where you can get access to, I don't know, like uh, we did an hour of bonus content this week where we, you, you will hear how we got this drunk because we did yeah. it over the course of that <laughs> bonus content before this episode. Um, Boys.com for selloutvacations.com. Boy, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Wait, uh, at, there's like there's 55 entries there's a ton of bonus content on there uh we do loser titles and some other fun games and stuff on there so check it out if you guys are interested loreboys.com or this week we got a whole hour from everything from like games we were playing to like personal anecdotes and uh, lots of fun stuff a to car uh, crash i saw and an, an <laughs> yeah. 18 mile long wire around the hasidic community in new york city yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, explanation on evolution and how it's not just who dies it's also how things live and yeah. and talking about others i right, get in there guys explanation. one of the, one of the loser titles is jim no i oh, explained the one for that <laughs> <laughs> yep yeah, yeah. I mean, four four of my loser titles are from the bonus content this week, which is a, a more than more than the regular episode. I'm yeah, I don't think we said scooter update on the show. Yeah, uh, and I uh, if if you know, I want to say if you guys don't support uh, Patreon, you, you guys don't trust big Patreon. You guys can always just send us money directly via Lore Boys Prime, of course. Uh, we're opening up a, a magic nerd school, of course. I mean, <laughs> it's been in the works for a long time, but we're. Jamie with his his four eyes now is feels like yeah. he's he's probably capable of being a professor. 
Uh, Honestly, he, I already have started carving rocks to capture both of you, but <laughs> okay. Well, well, look forward to you you meeting my my counter charm. My wand use, my wand handling is uh, unparalleled on this plane of existence. So, <laughs> uh, and five and a half inches is completely average for a wand length. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I could only be killed with a strike to the grundle. So good luck. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's got armor plated grundle he walks like a crab everywhere but he's so armored up down there yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh so enrollment is open so crunch at us uh send your owls our way and we'll get them and we'll we'll enroll you guys for our our uh, magic by nerd school uh, yes sir i think that would constitute a lore boys lore boys Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.